a Midland. This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Mix. You've waited patiently all day. All wait. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. The Dow Chargers go back to back. To college. Connor Stallions. Like, bro, get a life. To the pros. Jaden Ivey, who seems to be a bum. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. Oh! Welcome in on a Thursday evening here on Sports Radio 100.9 The Mid. Fellas. How's it been? Welcome back, Brad's honey. He finally showed up to work, John. We've been running it. We've been making sure the station, you know, staying afloat. Oh, no, of course. That's what we've been doing. That's right. Yeah, haven't (laughs) been to work, right. Uh, This is the first we've seen of you in weeks. Glad to see you, Ben. Glad to see you, John. Glad to see you, Brad. Glad to have each and one of you listening from wherever and however, whether it be live right now, driving around the Great Lakes Bay region. Maybe you're on your way to the Dow Tennis Classic over at the Greater Midland Tennis Center. Been over there the last couple of days with our good buddy Rich Juday and uh, some great tennis, WTA event, Dow Diamond events, catering. A majority of the nights, the only night they aren't, is tonight. And so a lot of our folks here at the ballpark have been over there. Uh, Thanks for listening on the podcast app as well. Fellas, we got a lot to get to today. It's a Thursday, no giveaway, unfortunately. We roll into the month of November. Appreciate everyone that has listened for the first month here on 100.9 The Mitt. But we do have NFL picks. NFL picks are back. Ben and John are under 500. That's right, they are an embarrassment to the show, Mm, to the station, to their families, to the region, to everything that's ever been. I am sure. uh, (laughs) sure. At least we come to work. That's that's and, right. And Brad is 500. Yeah. I'm look, I'm not going to lose you anything. I'm not going to over overpromise you anything. But I have a winning week this week though. We'll get to those we'll at the bottom of the hour of course the Northwood Football Coaches show coming up at 7 o'clock, and then Thursday night football coming your way tonight. Titans at Steelers. We've got picks for that game coming up later on in the show as well. Fellas, I went to the Pistons game last night. Oh, did you? First one of my season. Missed the Mr. opener. Mr. Fancy Guy. Yeah, was at the game last night. Disappointing loss. We've got a, a few notes from that loss, by the way. Seemed to hit a little bit down in Detroit on my way back, and so we'll touch on them coming up in a little bit. But we got to start with more Michigan football conversation. Uh, today, in fact, just a few hours ago, different news broke, not related to Connor Stallions, not related to sign stealing. There was a low-level staffer that was found to be trying to coerce a 13-year-old. And so add that to the list of nonsense taking place within the Michigan football program. Nothing to joke about. It's just now the third staffer, the third in the last 11 months Michigan program, that has either had to be let go, suspended, or pushed away from your program. And so we'll start with the Stallion stuff, but it just keeps coming every day with this football program. Uh, the latest was in a meeting between all the Big Ten coaches yesterday and new Big Ten commissioner, Tony Petiti. He was uh, christened as the Big Ten commissioner back in May, and boy, is he in some hot water right now. Crazy start to a job. So, all the coaches, routine meeting yesterday. Jim Harbaugh's involved until he wasn't. He was asked to hang up the call to allow the other coaches to discuss the investigation looming over the sign-stealing scandal. And before I jump into what was had, obviously all the coaches on that call stated, we want discipline, we want action, we want punishment for Michigan now. We feel like there's enough evidence, we've seen enough, we know what happened, what are we waiting for? Before we get into it, Ben, Mm. I think it's important to have an honest conversation with a certain section of listenership, right? The certain fan base that may be turning a blind eye to this entire conversation, that probably turned a blind eye to satellite camps and Burgergate and the confiscation by the FBI of uh, Matt Weiss's computer, and now this, and now a potential pedophile on your staff today. Uh, uh, well, like, don't, don't intertwine those things, though. Look, those it, are I mean, completely it, separate. Okay, but and it's I a laundry it, like, list yes, with Jim Harbaugh overseeing all of them, the, so we well, can stop okay, there. Okay, the off-the-field stuff with some of those other investigations are completely unrelated to the football gr- program, but nonetheless, nonetheless, they're damaging to the Michigan reputation and the Michigan brand. At the that's, very least... That's where I agree with you, but I don't think you can... It's a bad put, judgment of character that Harbaugh hires on his staff. It's three staffers in 11 months. We can start sure. there. Sure. We can't be blind to it. It doesn't happen in other programs. But we got to be honest well, with Michigan fans does. here. Because, because my Michigan buddies, 
And Ben is coming around on this. I'm glad he hasn't. He hasn't. Uh, I have a dug functioning brain. Yes, got some logic behind him. Everywhere you look, there's something new. Michigan fans got to be honest with themselves. You can claim, you can claim that they're out to get you. That's fine. But there is too much momentum now. As we get text flying in on the Fricks test line already, 989-837-6125. Chime in throughout the show, 989-837-6125. All the coaches want punishment now. The ADs are about to have the same meeting today. What do you think they'll say? Gee, I don't know. Maybe the that same they want thing. Michigan punished. Who does Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the Big Ten, work for? Doesn't work for Michigan. He works for all the schools. And so you might have a target on your back for good reason. You've been winning. Jim Harbaugh lied to the NCAA. They don't like you. That's fine. And you can, you can claim that they're out to get you. They are out to get them. They pissed the world off. Why shouldn't Correct. the world be trying to go after Michigan right now? And that's fine. It's just you're on the losing side here. You're on the losing side. And so... Is punishment warranted already for Jim Harbaugh? I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't think anybody knows to this point because we've never seen any sort of something to this magnitude happen, not only in college football, but really in all of sports. We find something new out every single day involving the Connor Stallions thing. Yesterday we get reports, like you said, about uh, the Big Ten and coaches having a meeting. Today I'm sure we'll find uh, something out or get some quotes from a lot of the athletic directors in the Big Ten who obviously want Michigan punished because they're the ones suffering from it. Obviously, if you ask someone, let's put it this way. If we find out Dow High School has been playing a someone who graduated last year as Joe Schmode, used his jersey, dressed up, this big buff guy who is 19 years old, has been playing for this high school team. Obviously, all the other teams in the area are going to want that team punished. No doubt about it. It's a matter of whether or not you're going to do anything about it because this is so unprecedented to do something in the middle of the season to lay down a punishment because we know the NCAA is not going to do it. They're not capable of doing it until the investigation is completely finished and then they have to give Michigan a heads up. Then Michigan has 90 days to respond. And until then, the NCAA can't do anything about it. The Big Ten can step in, but it's just super uncharacteristic of the Big Ten to do that. But they're the only people that can do anything about it. And all the coaches are telling uh, everyone, like all the coaches obviously want this guy punished. So are they going to do anything about it? I, I don't know. We've, we've never seen this happen before. So it, it's, it's a tricky situation, Brad, if John and I came to you oh, and no. both gave you advice about, oh, no. uh, or, <laughs> if John and I both go. gave you some recommendations hmm. as the general manager, station manager, whatever your job title is around hmm. here, you come hmm. to work like once a week. Um, would you take our advice and would that mean you're a good boss or would you take our advice and that mean you're a pushover? It's just a matter of who you ask with this. I mean, Hmm. different scenario, right? You guys are not uh, competing within these walls against other folks that may be hurt because you guys are doing something good or bad, right? Like to John's point, when this is always brought up, there's a competitive balance being swung here. Yeah. There's too much evidence, whether or not, again, the Michigan folks in my life are still pretty blind to this stuff. It's still, this only happened because there's not enough technology in the sport. This was only a rule until 30 years ago, and everyone does it. No, like, no one else has been caught I'm just, doing I'm it. I'm just not willing to listen to that anymore. Because if you've got your head in the sand, I'm sorry. Like, it's a Michigan, different element. It's we, a different layer. We can't have the conversation with Michigan fans anymore if they're not willing to come to the table and admit something. That's not a starting point for the conversation. Third-party brokers, third-party attorneys. Hey, tickets were bought. They were distributed. Your guy was caught on the CMU sideline. He's a staffer at your university. (laughs) Like, there's just too much evidence, okay? And there's so much video evidence of this guy talking to the coordinators on the Michigan sidelines. So to say that he acted alone just seems ridiculous at this point, too, because obviously the coordinators know about it. And if the coordinators know about it, Jim Harbaugh knows about it. Right. We know he was in other stadiums. We know his boys were in other stadiums with technology. We know he was on opposing sidelines. Like, like, whether you believe it's a big deal or not, oh, everyone's probably doing some form of it. They didn't get caught. They didn't get caught. You did. And whether it's because you got a target on your back or not, you got caught. And you were loose with it. And, right and it now, comes during the same year where you let go of an OC, uh, an OC in January. You got another staffer running rogue right now. You got three of them on your staff. And Jim Harbaugh's the guy leading it all. He's supposed to be the one that judges the character of everyone in Ann Arbor. And he's lost a grip a little bit. 
that that's the crux we talked on yesterday. They got greedy. I mean, sending, and again, allegedly, but sending him to CMU is getting greedy. Like I'm, That's why you got caught, because you went that extra level, you went that extra layer, and you got caught. The only other thing that intrigues me, especially because we're talking about the Big Ten meeting, a new commissioner, Batiti, do you, know, do you guys know where he came from before this job? MLB. He did. He came from MLB, but a lot of other networks, too, and association with college sports and CBS, TNT. He's got 11 sports Emmys. Like, he understands what the Big Ten brings as a television product. Because the one punishment that I'm thinking of, if it could be implemented, is Michigan not playing in the Big Ten title game, right? I mean, that's that. That's what I think would be the only thing. Because they could still sneak into the playoff with that as well if we're talking about X's and O's. But, like, to me, that's the only punishment that's, I guess, like, actionable for the 2023 season. Yeah, I think there's a laundry list of options for punishment, whether it be so? right now, whether it be next well, week. Down, whether... the, down the road next year, of course, 100%. Well, I mean, well, worst Petit- case scenario right now is Ward Manuel, president of Michigan, said, or he's the AD, but also mm-hmm. board of directors, everyone at Michigan goes, man, a lot of heat here. Do we want to risk not being able to play in the Big Ten championship game? Yeah. Do we want to risk this landing for a couple of years longer? Well, or, do rep- we, or do we cut ties with Harbaugh today? I think the reputation like is, this talk is about extension regardless. is unbelievable. I, truly, I agree, and I think the reputation here is kind of tarnished for the next few years, regardless. Like whether Harbaugh here is here or not next year, what are Michigan State fans calling Michigan fans for the next five years? Mm-hmm. Cheaters! Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's just the way it's gonna go. And you bring up Petiti, uh, John. He was in charge. Uh, he was the COO of baseball during the entire Astro scandal. Mm. He laid down the point. hammer as hard as he possibly could. A maximum $5 million fine, the most they could possibly give the Astros. Stripped two firsts, two seconds, and suspended A.J. Hinch and the GM, Jeff Lunhow, uh, or Lou now for the entire season. So he is very capable and has a history of laying down the law. And I'd say they got off easy, and I think most baseball fans yep. would agree, too. And, and, Especially Dodger fans. <laughs> I want to read you one Big Ten quote uh, from one of the coaches from last night's meeting. Look at Jim Harbaugh's record before this started. The guy was on the hot seat in 2021, and now he's the king of college football. No doubt this all had a profound effect. By the way, we we talk about the smoking gun with the competitive balance. Apparently, he was, again, and this is all allegations, but there was a video that he was at the Michigan Notre Dame game in 2019, but it's worth noting he didn't serve as a volunteer during the COVID season. Like, oh, which way in which they person, were bad because huh? he couldn't be in person. He couldn't go to the other game. Listen, there's a lot to unfold, a lot to unpack. Still, the number to text in all throughout the show, 989-837-6125. We've got a couple of texts that we'll get to right after this quick break. We're back in 90 seconds with more on the payoff. Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. Text rolling in on the Fricks text line today. Thanks for dropping into the payoff on a Thursday evening. Brad Tunney, Ben Bosher, John Vicari with you. Uh, one text comes in from an 810 number, and to think we thought MSU football was the laughing stock of the state after the Tucker stuff, U of M running themselves from the ins, uh, is running themselves from the inside one staffer at a time. True. Again, third staffer this year. Jim Harbaugh implicated in a lot of stuff. Um, Based on what the call was like yesterday for coaches, and yes, obviously, because there's a competitive advantage here, I don't think that's up for dis- debate anymore. If you're a Michigan fan that says it's not a competitive advantage, it's not a big deal, we can't have a, we can't have a conversation. You're a conspiracy theorist. Someone in the, we, uh, we can't the meeting have a yesterday said it was like having 15 guys on the field. Might be a little that's strong. What it to. That's one of the. I'm, I'm just relaying what the coach said. I, I think we could just be level-headed here. They gained a small competitive advantage with what they were doing. They skirted the rules. We can at least start there. And if Michigan fans want to say, "Well, Jim Harbaugh had nothing to do with it, and it's not a big deal," well, then you're in La La Land. You're not look. You're looking it's at my this with goggles. Place to be. Or if you've got other coaches that are like, "Man, it felt like we were playing 22 guys." Well, no, you're Rutgers in Maryland, and you suck. Like it, you weren't playing 22 guys. You were uh. playing a good football team. So. I think, I think Michigan fans got to come to the table with us here and admit there was some wrongdoing, which is what Ben has, lifelong Michigan Wolverine fan. Mm-hmm. He has come to the table here and, admit, and admitted, look. You got you to piece the puzzle together a little bit. Got to face dots. the music. Got to face the music. A competitive advantage was gained. So obviously the other teams that suffered from that are going to say they want punishment. The ADs are going to say the same thing. 
The presidents are going to be next. Everyone in those universities. And Tony Petiti works for them, not for the Block M. And right now, all these coaches trying to get Petiti to get a punishment, uh, induct, put on Michigan right now. A lot of guys in the national media are coming after the Michigan Wolverines saying that something needs to be done about this. This is going to sound crazy. You right. guys might laugh at me. I think Michigan should hand down another self-suspension to Jim Harbaugh and try to jump the gun on this thing. And that way everyone might be a little bit quiet about it because what you don't want is Jim Harbaugh to be suspended for Ohio State, the Big Ten Championship, which honestly might not matter if he's there or not anyway, and then the playoffs. So if you suspend him now for two games, three games, and even suffer the Penn State game without Jim Harbaugh, then maybe bring him back. Because what's he, what's uh, NCAA going to do? What's the Big Ten going to do if you take what, yeah. him out of the game right now and bring him back, then jump in? The NCAA doesn't that not look do a little anything suspicious? Right. If the Big Ten, you know, if the if Michigan self imposes for two three games, then he comes back, and that's when the Big Ten decides to take Jim Harbaugh out of this thing. That would look suspicious. So if Michigan, I'm not saying they've done anything squeaky clean. I'm not saying they get out of this thing without serving a punishment to the NCAA. But if they want to jump the gun like they have earlier this year with Cheeseburger Gate, then self-suspend Jim Harbaugh now, and it forces the Big Ten to throw down their punishment right away. Beat them to the, you, beat them to it. Are you admitting fault, and is that okay? If you admit fault, do you end up in, in again? It's not it's not a court of law, but two years from Ward now, Emanuel admitting admitting fault, or at when least the saying, NCAA We're keep investigating this on our own as well. Right, but when the NCAA lays down their law a year, two years, three years from now, if you self-imposed, you've admitted fault. Do they then wax every win you had for three years? Do you give them power to do that if you self-impose? It depends. How badly do you want a national championship this year? How important is that to your program? And I think well, I look, think that should be everything. Right, but the Big Ten— Because if you don't win it this year, it probably doesn't matter going forward. The Big Ten has no power to suspend him from— uh, Look, they won't suspend him for the Big Ten title game. I don't think that's, I don't think that's uh, possible. I don't think that would be something they do. But do you think they could take away their ability to play anything, in that game? Uh— that's on the table. They could do that if so. they wanted to. I don't think and so. Obviously, every other team in the Big Ten, specifically Penn State and Ohio State, are going to beg on their hands and knees for that to happen. Of course. I would, I would really like to know what kind of pressure the ADs, and then if there is a subsequent meeting with the presidents of the universities sometime in the next 48 hours or by Monday. Keep them out of this. They don't know what they're, they don't know sports. Well, dude, the Big Ten commissioner doesn't work for the coaches. He works for the ADs. Yes. So the coaches put pressure. The ADs put pressure. Petiti still does nothing. Guess what? You're going to hear from the presidents now. I don't care what the presidents have to say. You don't? No. You they, don't want to lose your job? You're the, Tony Petiti. You lose your job? You don't like that? Run the academics of your school. That's, don't worry about look, what's happening. Those the are the power time. players, Ben, just because they're not the ADs. If you've got the coaches, the ADs, and the presidents of, the, of 13 of the 14 schools coming for you, guess what? You lose your job, Tony Petiti, if you do nothing. So the pressure, again, you're on the wrong side of it if you're Michigan. You're just on the wrong side of the inertia of 39 power players, coaches, ADs, and presidents, that if you don't do something, you're probably out of a job. And you just got it six months ago. I don't disagree with you. There's too much There's momentum. There's a lot of pressure on him to do something, which is probably going to result in him doing something. And so what, to what your we've point, seen in the past, is it better to self-impose or not? Because if you self-impose for two games... Do the coaches and ADs pull back? Do they say, hmm, man, now what do we do? And do they sit and do they sit on their laurels and eh? If, if they don't suspend Harbaugh by this Saturday or by Monday, yeah. pull the trigger. Self-impose, self, suspend him like you did earlier this year, and then you get him back for Ohio State. What, what, the Big what Ten are you is suspending him for if you're Michigan? What's your verbiage? We're going we're gonna to do our own little investigation on Jim Harbaugh and whether <laughs> what or not you, he knew about it. We're going to sit down with... Ward Emanuel, Jim Harbaugh, we're going to sit down. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Wink, wink, even though I'm sure everyone in that program knows what actually happened. And we're going to get rid of him for two games. Then we're going to win a national championship with him on the sideline, and everyone's going to be all PO'd about it. And if you lose at Penn State, then what? Then the season's probably over anyway. I don't think Michigan's <laughs> getting a second chance at this thing. Mm -hmm. There's too many good teams in college football right now. Forget the 
what the allegations and what's going on with Florida State potentially being undefeated, winner of the Pac-12 potentially getting in if Washington goes undefeated. Still got Oklahoma looming and mm-hmm. Texas. Mm-hmm. There's too many good teams, and I don't think Michigan's going to have an opportunity to squeak back in, especially with what's going on. I don't think two Big Ten teams are getting in this year. The only way that would happen is if Ohio State lost to Michigan. And even then, it's going to be an uphill battle for Ohio State to still stay in. I will say this. Applaud the coaches for doing what they did. Whether I fully agree with what seems to be kind of like a peer pressure bully tactic, oh, they're winning a lot, we want them gone, we want punishment, it's a little petty. But again, what do you want them to do? We're all, we're all admitting, we're all agreeing that there was a competitive advantage gained. The only team they didn't play while this could have happened is, what, Northwestern? They haven't played them in a couple of years? Uh, yeah, that, that sounds right. And here's the thing with Northwestern. Their coach, Pat Fitzgerald, didn't know anything about these uh, hazing allegations against their program. And the school came out and said, Pat Fitzgerald didn't know anything about this. Mm-hmm. Guess who still got fired? Pat Fitzgerald. Right. Whether or not Jim Harbaugh knows about it. under Harbaugh's nose. Right. And whether uh, I get back to the point, whether or not Harbaugh knows about it, according to NCAA laws, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You have to be responsible for what happens what? under your program. And I would ask Michigan fans this too. Right now, you're in the midst of, again, the most successful year in your program in... Ever. Like, no, not ever. No, but in the last 20 years, years. 20 years? 20 years, yeah. Two decades? is the last time they, they won a national championship in 97. Co-national champs. You can make the case that it's, it's the best year in your program in 25 years. Wouldn't it be nice if you could enjoy that season with football instead of this every day? And you might think, well, they're making a big deal. Again... We can't have a starting conversation if you're not willing to take off the blinders because it's not just this. It's your OC being fired in January. It's the news today of one of your short staffers trying to pick up a 13-year-old. Like, there's too many things. It's, it's Jim Harbaugh lying to the NCAA. And so Harbaugh is at the crux of all of it. I, I, I'm one to say, I think, I think any allegations, any... Again, that's why I'm on board with Urban Meyer at Michigan State. I think if you can win 10 football games a year in college football, you kind of do it regardless of anything that's not totally criminal. Like, obviously, if you got a guy doing real bad stuff, okay. But to this level, I'm probably biting the bullet as a university to guarantee myself 10 to 12 wins a year. Well, you're not guaranteeing yourself by cutting ties with Jim Harbaugh. No, no, you're not. But what I'm saying is I'm willing to live with this. If I'm a neutral perspective. If I'm a Michigan fan, I'm willing to live with Harbaugh because I know I'm winning 10 games a year with him. But I can't really enjoy it every day because there's this stuff month after month. What, if Jim Unless Harbaugh's, you don't care. If Jim Harbaugh... <laughs> right. Which has been the narrative. But that's a question for Michigan. People with the that's a question for on. Michigan fan base only. And I think it's what it's been. I'm yeah. not going to speak for other people, or but that's, I think, what's been the narrative. Ah, oh, we don't care. And, and here's the thing. As someone who does root and for the school... I think that's school, okay. As someone who does root for the school... I'm going to like this team for the rest of my life, whether or not Jim Harbaugh is the head coach or not. Right, it's still JJ. It's still, like, it's still Blake. Like, it's still the Block M. Yeah. And well. if Jim Harbaugh is going to be there, however long that is going forward, no one's going to be able to see past what's going on right now because this is maybe the biggest sports scandal in the last quarter century. No, come on. How can, how can you argue against that right now? We, we've never seen anything like this. I mean, the Astros were, were cheating. They cheated their way to a World Series. Brad, Michigan might have had a, a staffer on another sideline. Well, it's they, not like the did. Astros had. They did. They did. <laughs> Allegedly. It's not like the Astros were there. in the other team's dugout listening to what was he going was holding on. Hands with Jim That's McElwain what that would be like. From here. <laughs> if the Astros had someone else in opposing dugouts... <laughs> That's what I, I, that I'm would just, be like. I guess this is this is beyond just an internal thing that is cheating. This is a network of people benefiting from this. Is what it seems like right now. If he's on one sideline, what? Who's? When are we going to uncover some photos of him on another sideline? What I find really interesting because we've got Colin Cowherd on our air weekdays at noon, and he has kind of approached this really laissez-faire of that. Oh, you know, it's sign stealing, big deal. And it's like a lot of the national folks, because they're not invested in it every day, like we are here locally, don't understand that's not the issue still somehow after two weeks yeah. that the sign stealing sting is not what's illegal. We get it, everyone, sign steals. I don't know how many more damn times I can hear a national pundit state, what's the big deal about sign stealing? Everyone does it. Yeah, we know. That's not what's being investigated here. Can we do a little bit of research? Like Colin's the best damn talker in the country and still doesn't fully get it. 
And, and yet there is a little bit of me that's like in agreement with some Michigan guys on this of like, oh God, go. just a little, I mean, go. they're not say blinders, it, it. but it is look, the technology in college football isn't good enough. Right. Regardless of the suspension or yeah. what punishment comes down, I bet you in the next two years, maybe it as soon as next sport. year, yes, they're going to have communication with the quarterback inside their helmet. And a lot of Michigan fans are going to say, yeah, who are going to be well, the loudest losers in the country? Then Michigan fans right. talking about, oh, two years ago was so bad. Yeah, well, it wasn't legal. Not, well, guess what? Reggie Bush still didn't win the Heisman because what he did in 2005 wasn't allowed in 2005. Right. He still broke the rules. The Astros changed baseball. There's a pitch com now. But guess what? They still broke the rules. Yeah, that it doesn't mm-hmm. change the past, which is <laughs> to kind of jump in line in front of the Michigan fans right now. If Michigan goes and wins a national championship, you shouldn't care about everyone coming and tarnishing right, your legacy your because you can't change the past. Michigan held the Big Ten trophy above their heads the last couple of years. And guess what? You can put an asterisk on it, but you can't change the past. Mm-hmm. The merch is still in our closet. Exactly. Yeah. There's one back at home. I got a big 10 championship shirt. And guess what? No other team has that. Mm -hmm. So to kind of defend the Michigan fans a little bit, that can be your perspective, but it, it simply cannot be at this point. Jim Harbaugh didn't do anything wrong. I'll, 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 before I know we got to go to break, Brad, I'll reiterate what I said yesterday too. uh, (laughs) Like with you guys. Oh, don't forget the past. You can go and celebrate this. I don't know how it doesn't make you feel dirty, but you can go and celebrate it. But I, <laughs> some people the competitive like to feel balance dirty. has been my holdup with it because it's different than the Reggie Bush stuff. It's different. Okay, the rules changed and now it's legal or whatever. But Reggie Bush competitive balance, his mom getting a house didn't impact USC versus Texas that game. It didn't. This is impacting games. Every week. Well, the, the defense in, there, c- competitive balance was affected by guys getting money back in the day because they might not have gone to the school. So they might never have been on the field for those schools if they weren't getting thousands of dollars. That's the difference. And, and here's the other thing, too. I, I, don't, I, I agree with you, how, but that's, a, that's the yeah, small thing. It depends on the situation. Reggie yeah. Baby probably still goes to USC, but does he if Kentucky gives him or, you know, yeah. Alabama gives his mom oh, yeah. a, a $2 million house or a $1 million house? And here's the other thing before we move on from the topic. What did Central Michigan have to gain from him being on the sideline? You got an answer? Yeah, that was the main hold. I don't up think anybody has an answer right now. It seems like a lose-lose situation. My everything my to lose if that was Connor Stallions. Why he was there? I think there's just layers and layers and layers to this story that still are yet to be uncovered. 989-837-6125. That's 989-837-6125. Text in. Give us your thoughts. Guys have been great. Uh, this has been super engaging on Facebook. If you don't follow us yet, Sports Radio 100.9 The Mitt on Facebook. Seems like Michigan fans uh, really come out of the sand when they, uh, when they behind hear some the of this stuff. Yes, um, which is fine. Again, I think you should be defending your program. It just it, it can only go to a certain extent here. And so we'll take text. We'll read some Facebook comments. We'll come back. We've got a little bit on the Pistons to get to before, before our picks this week. We run through every game on the NFL slate. I know Ben's got some sneaky... Prop bets, I'm sure, for tonight. Maybe he doesn't. He's looking at me scared right now. I mean, the guy went 5 of 6 last week in the Lions game, right? Pretty darn good. I was pretty good last week. I'll yeah. pat myself on the back for that. But uh, it's Too bad he's only betting a dollar on each of them. You know, small unit guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. come on. Uh, there's there's no, an, sh- we'll, no unit shaming on this <laughs> show. We'll, we'll get into it. There is so many bad quarterbacks playing this week, and it starts tonight. I don't want to bet on anything tonight, really. Quick timeout. We'll be back with more after this on the payoff. It. More of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to the payoff. Happy Thursday, Brad Tunney, Ben Bosher, John Vacari, back with the payoff fueled each and every day by Forward Energy and Forward Convenience Stores. Thanks so much to Forward for being the presenting sponsor here in our first couple of months of the payoff on the all-new Sports Radio 100.9 The Mitt. Want to keep reminding you, head on out to the Greater Midland Tennis Center this weekend. Uh, action tonight on the Meredith McGrath Stadium Court singles and doubles featuring local product. Uh, current Blue, uh, Duke Blue Devil Ellie Coleman going to be uh, on the McGrath Stadium Court tonight over there at the Dow Tennis Classic, a WTA event. Been there each and every day this week. Always a great event here in the Great Lakes Bay region. Uh, ben, yesterday was at the Pistons games. My first this year. Ooh. First of many. First of many, that's right. Mr. Elitist. 
Yep. Mr. Season ticket holder. Driving down. You know, this kid tried to actually sneak into Brad's section last night and he called like the ticket person. And he's like, he's like, he's like, get these these, uh, rug rats out of here. I I need a clear vision. I need a clear vision of Bogdan on the bench, you know? No fun. It's Bojan. Bojan. Bojan Bojan plays for the Hawks. Bojan. Anyway, was that the game? Ben comes in. We're both big Pistons guys, right? He comes in. Huge. He says, man, what was, what was Jaden Ivey's body language like? I said, first, <laughs> relax. What was his body language like? <laughs> Game five, we're worried about body language already for a two and three basketball team after a close well, loss at home with what? five of their top ten guys injured. <laughs> what was body language like of this sophomore shooting guard that comes off the bench? That got benched. That's the difference. Jaden Ivey, I've been told for the last calendar year, is a foundational piece of this team. It's going to be It's going to be Cade. And Ivy. By who? That's who the team is building around. That's not what my eyes tell me when I watch, and that's clearly what Monty Williams is trying to tell us. The Pistons officially have a problem. This guy that the Pistons were banking on to be a foundational piece to this team is what? Fifth, sixth, seventh best player on this team at this point? Oh, He's getting the seventh that. most minutes mm-hmm. on the team right now. And like you said, Monte Morris, Boyan Bogdanovich, not even here yet. So Isaiah Livers, not here yet. Uh, Jalen uh, Jalen uh, Duran injured. Alec Burks injured. Well, and he's still not getting as many minutes as those guys. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're you're basically burying your former fifth overall pick on the bench, his minutes are down from 31 last year to 20 this season. Yeah, the the Pistons have a problem. And games like yesterday, where you have a lead in the fourth quarter and you close the game 0 for seven, missed layups, turnovers. That's the kind of stuff where I'm like, I, I just simply can't take this team seriously. I can't take this team seriously if their fifth overall draft pick is going to bust. We're not doing the right things to develop our guys. <laughs> uh, the these, 12th overall these, pick these, for the Lions, I think, was pretty questionable for uh, from last year's draft, too, right? Seems to be. And Who's the Pistons' DPJ? Different tone. Yeah, we got to bring tone. in. And the fact that... It's Alec Burks. Killian Hayes. Oh, okay. Killian Hayes, who went 0 for 6 yesterday, literally just walked up and down the court and did cardio. One assist. Yeah, Killian the, Hayes the is, problem is Killian Hayes. Kill, I don't know if it's no, as much Jaden Ivey. No, 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 no. Killian Hayes is playing more than Jaden Ivey. I know. Killian Hayes is closing and starting over Jaden Ivey. This guy is the guy we're ready to bring to the airport. The same way that you guys are ready to drive Jameson Williams to the airport. The mm-hmm. same way we're yes. sitting outside Javi Baez's house with sledgehammers ready to do damage. Everyone hates Killian Hayes, oh. yet he playing more than Jaden Ivey. Doesn't that yeah. tell you everything you need to know about Jaden Ivey? Because Killian Hayes has uh, been trying to been we're we've been trying to drive Killian Hayes out of Detroit for the last three seasons. Yet he plays more than the former fifth overall pick, the guy that was supposed to be a foundational part of this team. Agreed. Doesn't that tell you right now the Pistons season is just not going to go the way it's planned? Listen, the big the biggest talking point coming out of the game last night from. The Athletics, James Edwards, some of the other beat writers, 97 won the ticket on the ride home, was guard rotation. And when you have a guy like Cade Cunningham that's your franchise piece that plays one of your starting guard spots, it's a point of interest to know who's going to be the other one. And when Jaden Ivey was drafted to be that guy, when he was the guy that uh, Troy Weaver and at the time Dwayne Casey were jumping for joy to get because the Kings reached ahead of them to get Keegan Murray, he was the guy that fell to them third on their board that they got at fifth yeah, the expectation should be higher than what it is. And last year, I thought he was pretty damn good as a rookie, commanding an offense, albeit for a 17-win team. But he was terrible all summer. He was terrible, and you can take this with a grain of salt. He was terrible in summer league. He was terrible in all the runs that they do as a scrimmage in a full team in L.A. and New York. He was terrible in preseason, and he's been pretty bad through five games. I think Monty Williams is sending a message, and I don't hate it. Killian Hayes defends. He didn't last night in the fourth quarter. But at least he defends. Jaden Ivey's problem is that he can't defend the basketball. Well, Joe Harris doesn't defend, and he played eight minutes in the fourth quarter yesterday. More than Ivey. Hits threes. Both the rookies played more than Ivey in the fourth quarter. I'm not to overreact on Jaden, even though it's it's interesting that you're pinning me into this corner of not wanting to overreact on Jaden because I would be the first to do it. I was doing it after three uh, summer league games this year. But yesterday in particular... If they would have just simply pulled that game out, and they very easily could have if they didn't have a minus 20 free throw discrepancy in front of a home crowd, nonetheless. And if they didn't turn the ball over 18 times, the most most on average in the league. I don't know if there's any team in the sport 
any team in the sport, the Nuggets, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Lakers, the Warriors, the Suns, I don't know if there's any team in the sport that could be missing five of their ten rotation guys. The, the, the Pistons, when they're healthy, will have ten rotation guys. Five of them are out last night, including two to three starters and five of their top seven salaries. Not a single team in the league should be favored to win a game in that scenario against the Washington Wizards at home. And that's kind of what I took from the game. It was great that they were ahead. It was great that Cade was playing great. They just asked too much of guys that shouldn't be asked to do much. I, I don't give a damn. We had a lead in the fourth I, I quarter, and they excuses. ended the game 0 for 7 at home. I know. That kind of stuff can't happen. Hey, Jane and Ivy, can you help us out? I know. Not when you're on the bench. He's more mad than me. You know? He gets animated with this. Game. Biggest ran a couple weeks ago on October 26th was all about Cuttingham and them wasting his talent. Because you look at what he did they last year. They're no, not helping him. No, that, did it? Yeah, that made me mad. Why? They're it's hurt right up. now. This is a real NBA roster that when they will be oh, healthy. Because yeah. all the teams that Monte Morris has played for, all 19 of them have said, you know what, when he's in our starting What's lineup, that's when we feel a lot better Monte about ourselves. Monte Morris is right. a dog, man. Monte I don't, Morris I, is a real player, a local product. Come yeah. on. Right, because every team he started for thinks to themselves, all, you know what, we're in a good spot. All they need is some shooting with K. They have the worst spacing of any team in the NBA. That's what hurts them. They bring Bojan gets healthy. So why is Ivy one, not in? Wouldn't Ivy solve that? His yeah, shooting I, is up. I Tremendously shot 31% from, last year. from three last year. Like, and and guess what he's shooting this season? In five games, 42. how many attempts? How many 42. attempts? 14? It's better than what we've seen last it's year. Yeah, he's on a such size. shorter leash because he's on a shorter leash. Which does, isn't Defend that a ball, problem? Stop turning it over and stop fouling when you're playing defense. A message is being That's sent. not just Ivy. That's Mont- everyone. We know Monty Williams wants the team to play good defense. Even now, they're still a top 10 team in defensive rating. That is a far cry from what was a bottom five team in defense last year. That is a real change. That's a tangible thing that has become better. What has suffered is the offense, as we saw them get stagnant yesterday. They don't have enough real two-way NBA players. They closed the game last night with Stanley Amude, Joe Harris, and with James Wiseman getting 17 minutes in the game. That guy sucks. That, that's like no real NBA team can respect themselves that way. And so it's, it's, it's just tough. I'm not willing to jump. We got a couple of texts. One coming in. I will take no Monte Morris slander. Appreciate that. Got another text coming in from Brian. Appreciate the text. Great show. Love the conversation. What is the mindset of U of M fans, Board of Regents, AD, if Michigan is 8-4 and four or 7-5 and five over the last two years with all the allegations in addition to another loss to MSU and two losses to Ohio State? Jim Harbaugh would be canned. Let's think about it this way. <laughs> it would be. Look, if they if they were in, if they were six, no and, wins. Bye bye. They hey. were six and three right now. Yeah, you're right, Brian. No, Jim Harbaugh would probably already be suspended. If not, there'd be a serious conversation. The biggest joke in the state right now is that they're seriously considering an extension. Let's think about it this way: If Ryan, if Ohio State was under these allegations, would would everyone be saying that? Uh, let's just wait and see. None oh, of this we, is do factual. We, do we not remember when Jim Tressel was under yeah. allegations for handing out some tattoos to players, and he got banned like, from the NFL? Right? NFL Michigan said we don't want you dress like searching for this. It guy's goes both head. ways. If Ryan Day was under these same allegations, every single Michigan fan that thinks Jim Harbaugh did nothing wrong would be showing up on Ryan Day's porch with. Blaming pitchforks. Yeah, the, the biggest allegations against Ryan Day are the facial hair. I mean, we just got to figure Aww. it out. What? <laughs> Personal shots. Come on. We're I taking one final timeout, and back. we're coming back with picks every game on the NFL slate. We're going to have to do it quick, fellas. We'll be back right after this on The Payoff. The Payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. Final segment of the show. Glad to have you with us. The payoff fueled each and every day by Ford Energy and Ford Convenience Stores. Fellas, we know what time it is. Last week, I missed picks. I went three and three, though, as I have all four weeks we've done this. I don't know how it's happened, but three and three every week. I'm 12 and 12. Ben, last week, pushed twice, going one, three, and two. Now sitting with an overall record of 10, 12, and two. John had his best week. Yes, I know. Going three and three. Incorrect. I went four and two the week before. Lie. Nope. And his overall record is now eleven and thirteen. Only I'm person in the with a winning position. record. Look, the, the the picks aren't great. I will preface it and form an excuse in that NFL picks against the spread are probably as hard as any that Vegas allows. They are as hard as anything. College football is way easier. Props are way Excuses. easier. Excuses. My excuse is I'm not that bright. 
yes, that that's quite wow. obvious. <laughs> wow, great! Admit that to everyone. <laughs> Cue it's the true. music. It's true. Cue the music. Oh, he's well, he's queuing now. Here we go. Thank you. Boom. Uh, turn, give me a little lower. A little lower. No, that's you got to introduce it, and then you fade it down when you're ready to okay. get us And then going. you bring it back up every time right. talk. Here uh, we go tonight, Thursday night football, which you can hear right after Northwood Football Weekly on Sports Radio 100.9. The minute it's the Tennessee Titans at the Steelers, Ew. laying two and a hook. Ben, we start with you. And eh, Thursday night game's weird. I don't know what we're getting from Will Levis. He played real good last week in the Titans win, but how much of that is going to transfer week to week? I don't know. Kenny Pickett's also one of the worst quarterbacks in the league too, which might not even be true because it feels like there's 16 starting quarterbacks this week that shouldn't be on an NFL roster. So I'm out on this game. Ben. Uh, John. Uh, yeah, no. This is the I'm first ben. time that Ben and I will not be in on a Thursday night game. I just looked five. at that too. I am the only of the three that have yet to play a Thursday night game. I am in, fellas. How yeah. about this? Randomly, Kenny Pickett is 6-0 and in his career against the spread in night games, Ooh. as they will be playing tonight. Vrabel, as we know, is one of the most profitable dogs in football. I do not care. Uh, how about this? Titans, starting Will Levis. Again, first year as a starter. Despite it being just the second game, it's his first year. What have first-year quarterbacks done in Pittsburgh last 20 years? They're 1-20. And all I need the Steelers to do is win by three. Tomlin, an awesome favorite. I'm going Pittsburgh, minus three. Tonight, I'm on the board. Do we Can't know that for... one, by the way, or no? What's that? Do we know that one rookie or no? I do not. I'm going to say it was Manziel. Keep going. Was it three or two and a half on that game? What do we have? <laughs> we have it at three. That's why I said make sure you Screw look at the spreadsheet. It's Dolphins three. at Chiefs from Frankfurt, Germany. Sunday, 930 local time. Chiefs laying a point and a half. You know, I, I've got a lot of rules. When it comes to betting, yeah, I don't I bet division games. Uh, I, rule guy. I try not to bet the uh, the London yeah, games, yeah. but or this is Germany. I'm gonna jump in, Ooh. and my rule that trumps all rules is you never bet against Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. I'm in. This is gonna be close. It's one and a half points for the Chiefs. The line's kind of been moving up and down in favor of the Dolphins. If you're ever going to bet against the Chiefs, this would be the week to do it. They're showing up late. Why wouldn't we have bet against the Chiefs last week when they didn't cover? Yeah, Ben and I both bet for them. Why the hell would what you about ever, that? ever think to bet <laughs> what against the Chiefs that? going against the Broncos? John, go ahead. I'm I wasn't out on done the, talking. Yeah, no, yeah, you know what you were. I wasn't done talking. <laughs> no, no, no. One more thing. The Dol- uh, If you're going to bet against the Chiefs, know this. The Dolphins went to Germany earlier this week. I believe they left Tuesday and have been practicing there. Chiefs elected to wait until Thursday afternoon to go. That's Don't right. care. Okay. Betting against the Chiefs. Well, Kelsey had to figure against... out Swift's you know, travel arrangements, exactly. all right? Uh, I'm out on this one. Thank you. If there's anything to play here, it's the under. It expects to be 15 to 20 mile an hour wins. Pass heavy teams. Play the under. 95% of the money on Kansas City. Don't love being on the Kansas City side because of it, but Ben is. And the under has hit in every single national international game this year. That's right. You want to play that, play the under. Rams at Packers. Packers home favorites three and a half. Out. Three, I guess. All these lines change. Brett, kill it's Brett Ripon versus Jordan Love. That's right. Both teams Mouth. have five losses. How about this? The combined record of the five losses for Green Bay, 20 and 20. Five losses for L.A. Good teams, 25 and 12, uh. right? Rams get to the quarterback. Love struggles against the Blitz. I'm leaning L.A., but I'm not playing it. I am going with the Packers here, minus three. It's going to rain in Lambeau. It's going to be very windy. It is. Uh, very windy, very rainy, and the Rams are starting ripping, maybe. Stafford, maybe. It's gonna be They're ripping. all banged up. Uh, Jordan Love hasn't impressed me, but I think at home, Green Bay can get it done. Next game, Bucks at Texans. I'm in on this one. Texans getting three Ooh. points, just one field goal. Baker, how about this? Second worst quarterback of the last 20 years against the spread on the road after a road loss, meaning when he's got to be on the road for multiple weeks, guy stinks to cover 71% of the money. On the te- uh, Texans, despite only 50% of the tickets, Todd Bowles, a bad dog. Everything leans that Houston is the side here. Texans uh, have more to play for with a rookie quarterback that's good. Home team, uh, they're the better PFF team. Who uh, are you picking? The Texans, they're the side. Minus three, not plus three, though. Correct. Yeah. I'm out. I'm out. Thank you. Okay, that was great. Commanders at Patriots, minus three, I'm out. I'm out. No go. Listen to listen to these quarterbacks. Yeah. Who is playing in the commit? It's Sam Howell versus Mac Jones. That's actually a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, matchup. You would have got week one. When you look at who else is playing, it's not you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. All right, moving on. Bears at Saints. Saints home team laying eight and a hook. How about this? Seventy-seven percent of the tickets are on New Orleans, but the money, sixty-six percent of it, favors Chicago. 
Derek Carr, 112 and 1 against the spread, is a three point favorite or more, and he's favored by eight and a half. <laughs> Scary. This is a major Bears play, even though they're not very good. I'm in on the Bears here. Yeah, I had Carr at 4 and 18 against the spread when he's favored by more than three points, and that's why I'm on Chicago here. Yep. Uh, New Orleans has gotten wins, but. They haven't impressed me much, uh, So, and there really isn't an impressive opponent. I think their most impressive win this year is the Colts. So I'm not saying the Bears win, but I have the Bears plus 8.5. Have fun punch your money on Tyson Bajan. Yeah, D2 legend. He won money two weeks ago. We're moving along. Vikings at Falcons. This is the most suspicious line of the yeah. week to me. Falcons minus 4.5. against Javen Hall. Joven Hall? Who's starting from Minnesota? Hall. It could be Josh Dobbs for all we know. That's true. Either way... Whoever it is, if it is Hall, he starts from Minnesota, first start ever, and it comes on the road against, like, a real football team, a 500 team in the Falcons. It feels like this is too obvious to play the Atlanta side. And for that, I'm just kind of out. You know who's starting at, at quarterback for Atlanta? Taylor Heineke? Yep. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those games both, that makes Mac if, if Jones both look te- good. If both uh, teams are going to be sending out a, a first start, quarterback this year yeah. i'm out I, I don't want anything to do with these hey, hey I, i'm not in on this but for people forget heineke covered against brady and the bucks in their super bowl year people forget it lost why would i remember that arizona it was a at game. cleveland no, it, wasn't. it was great eight and a half point favorite browns at home who's starting at quarterback for either of these teams i don't know clayton <laughs> toon for the cardinals yeah, who the hell Walker is clayton toon <laughs> for the browns no idea all i know is it's a low total it's like 38 and yet the browns are favored by eight and a half with the backup quarterback i don't get it well, Watson I lean Cardinals, is, and I'm playing Cardinals. The Browns <laughs> may be playing Watson. That's why that line's like that. It's not 100%. But either but way. Anything about Clayton Toon. No. And that's why I like it. He's a cartoon. 91% of the tickets, just 71% of the money. Sharps playing the Cardinals this week. I want to be with them. I'm out. It's Thursday. The Sharps haven't played at all yet. Uh, what do we got here? So I'm in on the Cardinals. That's a, that's a bad. I, it's, an ugly, it's an ugly pick. That, that's insane money. to me that Every you just bet on the Cardinals. <laughs> Cardinals plus eight and a half. We can't wait to look at that one. Here's the Sharps game of the You're week, feel I think. So Here's the Vegas game of the that. week. Seahawks at Ravens, five and a half point favorites at home. All right, all right. 55% of the tickets on Baltimore. 55% of the tickets on Baltimore. 70% of the money on Seattle. 83% of the money line cash is on Seattle. That's because they're the underdogs. Despite... That no, happens every year. No, Why it would any check every line this week? Yeah, if they're a five-point favorite, every every no, time not. you look at a big ben, favorite, the money, the cash nope. is the percent of the bets no, is on doesn't. the underdog because there's no value. In check them all. The- check them all. There's only two this week. They're one of them. Plus, PFF has this as a pretty close game. It's the only one that features two top ten teams in the sport. I like Pete Carroll here on the road. Everyone loves the Ravens right now. They're the best team in football, right? They've won three in a row. So high on them. I got the Seahawks covering five and a half. I'm 100% aligned with you on this one. I like Seattle. Everyone's <laughs> everyone's on the Ravens. I think just they're just attached. Well, because you said something dumb. I'll no, take factual. Seattle here. Uh, Ravens only beat Arizona by a touchdown last week. Seattle OC, Shane Waldron, likes to mm. stretch the field horizontally. Mm. Oh. Comes from the Shanahan system. OC the Ravens, defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, wants to play the most condensed style of football possible. <laughs> When Seattle spreads them out, uses all their weapons, puts their guys in motion, I think it's going to give the Ravens a little bit of trouble. Whether or not Seattle wins, different question, but I like what they did at the deadline. Hey, no. I'll take Seattle. This is a toughie. I'm out. Okay. Uh, Colts, minus two and a half on the road at the Panthers. I lean Indianapolis here, but I'm out. Yeah, Indy's got a great rushing attack. Zach Moss is second in the league in rushing. I don't know if people know that. Even though the Colts, you know, (laughs) hey, maybe the quarterback plays in what it's supposed to be. Uh, I'm not, you know, completely sold on Carolina now just because, you know, they have a win under their belt. I'm going with the Colts minus two and a half on the road. And they know they're in a weak division. They got to take a game like this. And I think they do. Mm -hmm. Can't wait for Gardner Minshew to just throw the ball to the other team with the game on the line. I think think you got the right side there. Uh, The Cowboys at Eagles. Divisional games. We already know Ben's out. We won't even let him talk. No, Eagles no, no. I'm in. Three. I'm in. Oh, oh, so he so breaks a rule here. I have to break the rule because I don't want to bet on these matchups that feature two quarterbacks that shouldn't be playing in NFL football. So I'll bet a real NFL game because there's only like five of them this week. Uh, Both teams only have one game in which they've played an opponent over 500. The Eagles beat the crap out of Miami. The Cowboys got their butts kicked by the 49ers. Hmm. The public is hammering Philly at home. Cowboys are plus three. Dallas, four and one against the spread versus Philly in their last five. This team knows Philly better than anyone else 
in the NFL. Give me them boys on the road. Oh, man. Ben, I'm going to have to go against you in a game I wish both teams would that tie in. Good, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. The guy who's ahead of him in the standings, of course. Last four weeks, Dallas is pressuring the quarterback at a 17% oh. rate. Oh, my God. This great Dallas pass Love rush is the third worst in the NFL over the last four weeks. I'm not scared. Jalen Hurts, even with a bum knee, is not scared. The Eagles will take this minus three at home in Philadelphia. Okay, no time. The rest of the way, we've got John's Giants laying a point and a half on the road against the Raiders. I'm out. Ben is out. Dan- I'm out, but Danny Dimes, baby, he's back. Okay. I'm sorry. Aiden McConnell, O'Connell, some Connell. Bills at Bengals, minus one and a half for Cincinnati. What do you got? The Bengals have woken up. Three straight wins over two playoff teams as well, 49ers and Seahawks. In the last month, Bills have lost to Jacksonville. Uh, they were one play away from losing to the Tyrod Taylor-led Giants. Yep, John, they lost to the Patriots and barely <laughs> beat Tampa last week. Give me the Bengals at home to cover at night. I'm out. Looking forward to the matchup, though. Eileen Buffalo, I think that's the side. Bengals are high right now. Chargers minus three and a half at the Jets. Give me the Jets. Oh. Three and one against the spread as home underdogs. 91% of the money on the Chargers. This is PFF's second best defense, them being the Jets. The Chargers have only played uh, two good defenses all year, and they've failed to sc- the Cowboys and the Chiefs, and they failed to score 20 points in either of those games. So I'm taking, and the Jets have played the toughest schedule, uh, second toughest schedule in the NFL Aww. through two weeks, or through whatever weeks we are. Nine, eight. Answer this for me Take is the, the last Jets. question of the day. You're out on this one, right? No, I have Chargers. Okay. I have the Chargers minus three and a half. Answer this for me, New York, Manhattan boy. Okay. Jets and Giants combined in their last 26 <laughs> night games at home. Okay? Oh, boy. Are two and 24. Yeah. What's wrong with night games there? Zach Wilson has one of those wins. What's wrong? What's up with it there? I have no clue. And and one of those is the Jets getting a win versus Buffalo this I year. I just said that. Right? I literally yeah, just said so, that. Sorry, and I wasn't listening, listen Ben. Yeah, none of us listen to you. You're so, yeah, I was having a conversation with Brad over here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's it's because both New York teams suck. It's because this. It's because oh, New York sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I never say that. Come yeah. on. I never say that. By the way, uh, Ben lied to you. He said 91% of the money was on the Jets. Uh, that's inaccurate. Or, no, I, uh, I, I the meant Chargers. the Chargers. Right, All but right, they're on quick, the Jets. We got to get into college picks, boys. College picks. Shoot. Did I do uh, one? I got yeah, Nebraska. I got Nebraska hanging. I do three as well. State. Nebraska minus three over the Spartans. Yeah, I, I bet on Michigan State for some reason last week, and I will never do that again. So we're all on Nebraska this week. Yep. And we're gonna wow. lose. Okay. Appreciate you tuning in today. We know Travis McCurdy's hanging out with our boys over at Frick's Sports Bar down the road here in Midland. Another great show, fellas. Glad to be back. Finally. For John Vacari and Ben Bosher, I'm Brad Tunney. Thanks for tuning in. This has been the payoff fueled by Forward Energy as we send it out to Fricks for Northwood Football Weekly. From the Blazy Electric Studio.